Hi, and welcome to the Plot Twist Design Business Podcast. My name is Kelly Collier. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Laquita Tate of Laquita Tate Interior Styling and Designs. Stay tuned and let's get started. Hi, Laquita. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for taking time out. I know you are juggling quite a bit <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> Look, aren't we all these days? Goodness. <laughs> yes, yes. So if you can, before we get started, please take some time to introduce yourself for those who may not know who you are and tell us a little bit about your firm and where you're located. Sure. My name is Laquita Tate. I am a principal by day, an interior designer, stylist the rest of the time. (laughs) The name of my firm is Laquita Tate Interior Styling and Designs, and I was born and raised here in Memphis, Tennessee, where I currently have my business. Nice. Nice. So you just mentioned um, all that you do during the day and every other hour of the day. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, if you can share with us how your interior design journey began. So I've always loved interior design. Like I have always been intrigued by how things are put together with renovation, like how you can tear a house down and put it back together. And it's totally different or renovating a room or just changing out light fixtures and um, backsplash or tile like all of that has always intrigued me like I could spend hours looking at home magazines and that's what I did for a long time scouring through the magazines looking at Pinterest like all of that always interested me however I never even thought about it as a career ever I, I never thought about it in the beginning as a career I was on a path of being an educator and that's the route that I went because I was passionate about education as well. Still am. Uh, So that's the route that I went. Plus I was always in school. Like I went to school back to back. And so I was always in school and I was also raising two children. Of course they're grown now, but at the time uh, I was raising children. So I never even thought about interior design. I just, it was just something that I actually liked and I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Well, once I finally graduated with my last degree, or at least I thought that's what it would be my last <laughs> one, I realized I had all of this extra time on my hands and I'm so used to being busy all the time or always having something to do. And so I'm like, I got too much time on my hands. So what else can I get into? What can I do? And then I started noticing things around the house that I never did have an opportunity to finish up or to make it be the space that I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So I started with my own home and specific rooms, just kind of making them over, really looking at different furniture, you know, accessories. How did I want this room to function? Uh, and so that's where I really started getting into maybe this can be this can be more than just an idea or just looking at pretty pictures and things of that nature because once I started documenting on Instagram because all I was doing was just document what I was doing 
to my home and people started reaching out to me just from that. And so I started taking it serious at that time and then reached out to another interior designer here in Memphis and spoke to them about it, asked them to mentor me, you know, things of that nature and told Mm -hmm. them what I was thinking before I even launched my business. And they supported a hundred percent and just kind of gave me the, the boost I needed to actually start this uh, process and start this firm. I love that. And so once again, I'm hearing a theme with some of, along with uh, some of the other women I've been talking to in this series about mentorship. So that's really key. Um, But I want to talk about your amazing art collection and, you know, when I look at your home, that's one of the things I feel from the outside looking in is a bit of a staple, if I'm if I'm correct, that you have an amazing art collection. So tell us about your love for art and how that came about. Yeah, you are right about it being a staple in my home. Like literally every single room, including the bathroom, has some artwork. Mm-hmm. Like there's every every wall pretty much every space, whether it's a credenza or a console table, a bookcase, it has some form of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started my art collection some years ago. I have some friends that are actual artists and started going to their art shows. And I just was amazed with the whole process of putting paper, putting paint on canvas and turning into something just so amazing, so beautiful. I even at one time, because being an educator in the summer, you're out in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And again, when I don't have a lot going on, I try to find my creative, some creative things to do. So I actually took some painting classes at Hobby Lobby oh, wow. um, back then. And so it just really, you know, boosted me for my love of art. And so, and then going to these art shows and learning about original artwork, the value in it. Then I started collecting work. I actually... Uh, the first original art pieces that I got, actually, I got from my aunt who had moved out of town, mm-hmm. moved out of the country, actually. And she left some things behind. And my dad called me up and asked that I want those art pieces. And I went and saw them. And I was like, absolutely. I, I mean, this is original artwork. Mm-hmm. The artist signed it like, yes, uh, we want, I want it. it. You know, it always has a value. And so from that, I just continued to build and build onto my art collection and some people I've found on Instagram, others I've actually seen here, people, local people here in Memphis. It may be someone who did a mural that I may look them up, you know, because I do try to support my local artists as well. Mm-hmm. And so I would look them up, reach out to them, see what they have to offer. And it just grew and grew from that. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of my artwork is from African-American artists. But I do have two pieces in my home that's not by African-American artists, but they are of African-American. The, the subject matter is an African-American person okay. or, you know, or maybe abstract or something like that. But it all going to represent the people that live here, which is me and my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to feel like me. I want it to represent the people, you know, yes. us, African, an African-American male, African-American female. I want people to walk in and be like, oh, this is a, a black person lives here. Like I want, <laughs> yes. to, you, I, I want them to be, you know, to know that I take pride in sure. who I am and my culture, my background and my ethnicity. And so um, that's how it just started. And so I have a couple of walls that are 
gallery walls and I have pieces that are layered on top of other other pieces. I have some big pieces, some smaller pieces. So yeah, and then I just have some favorites that I buy from all the time. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've now started to kind of rotate some of them. I done ran out of space. <laughs> so now I'm trying to rotate some of it. <laughs> well, listen, if you ever need to get rid of some of that, you know who you can call because I need some new art and Honestly, I admire, um, I admire it and I love the way you layer because layering art is a skill and everybody can't do it well. Um, and I guess you would say for my walls in my home, it's a bit of a minimalist approach to the walls, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and kind of my decor a little, um, but Nonetheless, having an open floor concept, I also realize now hindsight is always twenty twenty. However, um, I don't regret buying a home with open floor, but I miss out on opportunities for wall art as much. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm, I do mm-hmm. appreciate when I see homes like yours, when you literally can feel like you're in an art gallery in some of your spaces. And so I want to just switch gears a little bit um, with regard to um, your home. Um, and say congratulations on a recent feature I saw with you did a home tour with apartment therapy Um, so congratulations on that thank you thank you so much I appreciate it yes and so I think it's testimonial that you started out on Instagram sharing your home spaces um, pretty casually right and then you started your business and now look, you're doing tours for apartment therapy, so of your <laughs> home. So in the beginning, when you first started sharing your home, were you nervous about sharing your personal space? Absolutely, because I don't have a degree in interior design. Um, I did wonder how people will receive me. I wondered if you know, people would like what I was doing, didn't like, like, how, how would I going to be perceived by them? How was they going to receive me? Were they going to like it, hate it? I had those type of thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, what is it called? The syndrome, um, imposter syndrome It's real. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I definitely was a bit nervous about that. And I just decided to go for it. I'm like, what do I have to lose? And at the time I, I first started, my account was private. And then I was like, you know what? Let me go public with this and just see. I mean, what, what what's the worst? Mm-hmm. They may not like it. You can block them. They can, you know, <laughs> right. negative comment mm-hmm. or they can just unfollow. Um, and what I started off doing was I at the time I was not looking to purchase a, like a new table. So I painted the table. Mm-hmm. I ended up painting the wood on the table. It was a glass top and it had like crisscross base which I've since got rid of and replaced it with what I have now. But that's what I started with. And that's what I started putting on Instagram. Then I will put some videos showing how I styled it. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, originally I was a bit, you know, nervous about it. And then once I did it, people will respond in a positive manner. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, maybe you got some going here. You know, mm-hmm. of course I have my taste and of course we all got, different you know tastes and different design styles Mm -hmm. um but once people started reaching out to me it was like you need to come do my space you you know friends would call so after I started working on my space friends would call and like can you come and do my room or come and do my bed my my child's bedroom Mm -hmm. or something like that and so 
I started doing that. I wasn't charging them. I just charged them for the actual items that I picked up mm-hmm. just to see if it was, you know, going to take do. Was I going to be successful at mm-hmm. it? Uh, and just kind of get my feet wet because I had never did anyone else's space. Okay. Well, and so, uh, yeah. So from that, it just kind of, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of continued to grow. I love hearing that. And to be honest, it's, it's refreshing because full transparency, I felt similar reservations about sharing my home initially because like you, I have a private Instagram page, which I still, it still exists just for personal friends and family. But mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I started this page, I started out public, but I mean, it was my living room and people probably um, got tired of hearing it. I mean, seeing it, but at the end of the day, you, everybody has to start somewhere and it yeah. just takes some courage to just step out on faith and somebody it's something for everyone. So I feel like regardless of your style, or your aesthetic, besides the fact that you're going to always be evolving, someone, someone will probably love it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought about that. Like once I actually launched my business, I was like, you know what? Somebody going to like what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and of course I had the people on Instagram, you know, build helping build my confidence mm-hmm. <laughs> in it. But I knew somebody would like what I do. That's how I got some of my friends and family members who wanted me to do their space because they liked what I did. And so I know none of us are for everybody. Yes. You know, some people love the minimalist. Some people love more of the layered look, uh, you know, so we got all the different spectrums, but there's somebody for everybody. Yes. And so how would you describe your aesthetic style? Would you say you are a maximalist or how would you describe that? And can you say like, maybe include it in a question that's a two-part question so how would you define your personal aesthetic and then do you have a niche defined already so I wouldn't say a niche I'm not really sure I'm still trying to figure that part out um so I'm still working through that one but my personal aesthetic like I love a layered and a cultured home I do like moody spaces for sure like I love to design spaces with black like putting black on the wall like a lot of clients will are typically nervous about the black wall and sometimes that's why I do certain things in my home Mm -hmm. so that I can talk to my clients about well look at my space or look at this particular room even if I'm not saying my space I can Mm -hmm. say look at this room what do you think about this Mm -hmm. And and it starts the conversation so I love to design in a black room and typically Mm -hmm. like I haven't had any client yet anybody that I've recommended doing black they went on to trust me and they have absolutely loved whether it's a black fireplace, whether it's a black feature wall, whether the entire dining room is black. Mm-hmm. They have they have loved it. Nice. And so I love moody spaces, but I also like the cleanness of white. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a person who likes just bare white walls. Like so I'm sitting in my office now and in my office, my office is white, mm-hmm. but on my walls, it's all of this colorful artwork. Oh, yes. Yes. You have you know, amazing so, gallery walls in there. Like, I love your art in your office. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so it's not, it's just not just a white box. Mm-hmm. It has these layers and it has these culture pieces that adorn the wall. So I, I definitely like layers. I definitely like texture to mm-hmm. things I definitely like it to be a culture space I wanted to like I said earlier to represent 
the person or the people that live in that space. Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to, you know, just walk in and smile, whether it's a moody space or whether it's a space that's very bright. Um, Cause I can, cause like at, at the school, for example, the walls are orange and yellow and baby blue and aqua. Mm-hmm. And so it's an elementary school. So I know I also got to think about the children. What kind of space would they most likely be successful in? What would they like to see? What would they make them smile? Yes. Uh, so it, it, just, it really varies just based on the actual space. But personally, I love both and I have both in my home. And it just depends on how I want that space to function mm-hmm. and how I want it to make me feel or my husband to feel or my guests to feel when they come in. Okay. But it's always going to be layered. It's always going to have some kind of texture. It's always going to be cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, speaking of schools, I'm glad you brought that up because um, that was on like next on my agenda to go into next. And I wanted to shift gears a little bit because I think it's amazing that you were able to bring your business, right, and your passion, what you love, which is design, into your corporate life, if you will, for education. So tell us a little bit about how you recently designed the new school um, that you actually work in during the daytime. Yeah, this this whole process, for how it came together was amazing and really a coincidence um for me to be an interior designer and really getting into it and then being chosen as the building leader of a brand new school like literally we just broke the ground may of 2019 Mm -hmm. and i started my business october of 2019 and so uh we broke ground had groundbreaking ceremony for the school so it was completely nothing there uh to be at the point it is now now I did not do like the floor plan as far as the building construct the architecture of it that was already pretty much set what I was able to do was come in and say what colors should go on the wall what tile we're going to put on the floor what um furniture was going to be in the classrooms because we're a 21st century school we're the second one in the state of Tennessee um and what 21st century is it's kind of let you know what that is in 21st century learning is really just to help equip the students to be able to be global citizens like we want our students to be able to walk out the door of course go on to middle and high school but get the skill set in these foundational years where they can compete with other people from all over and compete for jobs that at this time may not even exist so we have a lot of spaces where they can collaborate they don't have to even be in a classroom and learn they can be outside the classroom we have these uh, seating areas where they move together it's easy to move you can sit on the floor on these little things called dots like we just made it spaces where kids just don't have to sit in a desk all the time and if they are sitting in a desk we can put the desk together for them to be able to collaborate to be creative for them to be critical thinkers and solve some type of problem like the teacher set up a problem and they have to work together with accountable talk and really diving into it to solve an actual problem so I designed the classrooms to be those type of spaces okay. and I, I I picked out colors to for the kids to be able to be energetic because when you walk like the wall like one of the stairwells is all yellow a hallway is all yeah it's like a light yellow and okay. a darker yellow but you walk down how can you not smile 
how can you not be amazed? Like, right. seriously. <laughs> and on the, when we first started school, opened the doors, which was March the 1st, because we were completely virtual until then, I had 128 kids that chose to come in person. Mm-hmm. Monday of this week, we had 305 students. Wow. So the word is getting out there, <laughs> you know, about the space. And I'm just so happy. Like today was our ribbon cutting ceremony. So the superintendent, everybody was able to actually come and view the building. And everybody talked about how the furniture uh, was in the classroom. The kids t- said that when they first walked in, mm-hmm. it did make them smile. They thought that it was amazing. Nice. And so for me to be an interior designer and be able to come in and pick out these things and customize yes. it for this new school yes. and then be able to be in the building to watch some of the process. Like I was in there to see them putting drywall up. I was in there to see them painting. Mm-hmm. I was in there to see them laying the towel down mm-hmm. and doing the plumbing. So I was right there in it yes. and it just, I mean, it was just amazing so I was able to merge my love for education mm-hmm. and my love for design mm-hmm. all in one space and so I mean it's, it's amazing. That like, is amazing the light pictures are different mm-hmm. like you just don't see it in a typical school and so nice. I'm just um, I'm, I'm blessed that I was able to do that mm-hmm. and have that experience yes it sounds like a priceless priceless experience and I cannot wait to see footage more I know you shared some (laughs) things during the process a while ago in your story so I'll be keeping an eye out for photos I'm sure it's going to be featured all over the place in Tennessee and other places (laughs) I can't wait and so about Tennessee that's an area I'm not 100% familiar with so how would you say interior design businesses overall in your state is it um, trending? Is it popular? How is it for you there? I definitely feel like in hiring an interior designer in the state of Tennessee now is trending. Okay. Uh, when we went shut down for the pande- pandemic mm-hmm. and people had the quarantine in their home, mm-hmm. then they were able to see, oh, I got four. I, I live in a box. I got yes. four blank walls. <laughs> There's nothing here. <laughs> like, yes. what is going on? <laughs> and then I know some of my clients because a lot of my clients came out of it because I started October 2019, then what, March of 2020, we shut down. Okay. So I did not think my business was going to grow at that time. And I, you know, I, I really thought it was just going to be at a standstill because we're in a quarantine. Why would I think people would want to hire an interior designer doing this, this, this process, you know, during the pandemic? However, people had nothing but time. And so because they had that time and they saw what was going on they saw some things may have been mixed match and just didn't feel right and they were spending a lot of time in their home offices and it's like okay this is I'm feeling claustrophobic this Mm -hmm. is not functioning the way I want to and a lot of business grew from that like most of my clients that came during this time period during the pandemic that's what they said they were like I'm working from home and I'm just looking around my house I'm tired of this these orange walls I literally just got through getting a uh, client's face painted because mm-hmm. she was just sick of the orange walls because now she's sitting in there staring at that. Yes. Yes. And so, yes. <laughs> so, so it's definitely trending. I, I, I think sometimes and, and interior design is a luxury because that's a service that you're paying for that you don't necessarily uh, it, it has to you has to have to save up for it, right and put it like that right uh it's not necessarily a necessity like it is to pay your water bill or pay your rent or sure. mortgage so it's a luxury but people are realizing 
my home needs to be the space that I truly love and yes. that I want to reside in. Yes. And so it's definitely on a come up, I <laughs> you know, so it's definitely, it's definitely training. And I think for a lot of interior designers, at least from what I've been hearing, mm-hmm. business kicked in to high gear yes. <laughs> during this quarantine process. Have you had the same experience? It, I have. Um, I was curious to know if it's just really like this everywhere. So this is a question I've tried to parallel in most of the conversations just for people to know because there is a such thing as e-design that we offer state to state, of course, um, and worldwide. Some of us do offer that, but it's interesting because here in Philadelphia in the city, you know, we have counties outside of the city perimeters, just like everywhere else. And then um, a lot of us here in Philadelphia, we cross over into the tri-state area, which would be Delaware State, um, New Jersey, and some Maryland for some people. But nonetheless, um, it's it's something that I think it wasn't quite as catchy as I think it is now. So very similar mm-hmm. to me is definitely on an uphill. Um, and again... I'm just going into year three now, finishing up two years as of February. So honestly, I've been busy from the start with, like you mentioned, family and friends in the very beginning Mm -hmm. and word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And so then the more you post on Instagram and people start to notice your work, that's when um, people would, I've had neighbors wait till I'm done. And then they reach out to me uh, when I'm finished the neighbors now that they saw what I did mm-hmm, <laughs> you know that mm-hmm. type of, so it's been pretty much referral based but then I have gotten quite a few clients from um, Insta- Instagram as well so have you received a lot of clients you know random or has it been mostly people you know or referrals so, so it's been I was kind of say half and half I have received, even my mentor, I know she has recommended me to some clients because she couldn't get them. Uh, so she has recommended me. Some has been word of mouth and some has been Insta- via Instagram because on my lead capture form that anybody wants to work with me has to fill out on my website. It asks, how did you find me or how did you mm-hmm. learn about me? Yes. And they have to say it. I was actually, uh, I'm a Delta and one of my Neos follows me of course on Instagram and so she saw my work and she told her mom about me and so but I know her part I knew my neo personally of course I didn't know her mom but she set it up and so I went out to visit her mom to do an in-person consultation while I was there her friend was there also and so I got an in-person consultation with her this Saturday Mm -hmm. coming up so she was just there that day and she reached out to me it's been a month later but she she remembered Mm-hmm. And she reached out to me. And so she's excited for me to come and do uh, a space in her home. So it's some, it happens like that sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. And then I do have some friends who will call me and be like, oh, I'm working on this. They'll do it, start themselves. They're like, I'm working on this. Can I just, can you send me something? Or can you look at this for me? And I'm like, should have called me in the beginning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, I would try to help as much as I can. But it's mm-hmm. it's kind of hard. Oh, I have, when I say several clients, I have several clients, Kelly, and it's gotten to the point that I'm about to hire an assistant. I'm actually in the process That's of hiring awesome. an assistant. It, 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 I have to, but I also um, need to shut my calendar down. Okay. Like the clients that I'm taking on now, like I have, I had a discovery call yesterday. I have one tomorrow and one Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm, they, they can't schedule their in-person consultation to like May. It's going to have to be the end of May. 
because I want to get I want to get some more traction with the people I already have. I'm trying to finish close mm-hmm. out some projects. I got yes. projects that still open because of things taking a while and going mm-hmm. back and forth on revisions and mm-hmm. you know, and I do have some clients that are out of town. So everybody's not Tennessee. I have a client in Cypress, Texas. I have a client, I have a, I have a couple of clients in Charlotte. Um, okay. then I have some clients in Mississippi as well. And so um but of course, the ones that are in part that are here close to Tennessee or close to in Mississippi, but that's right over mm-hmm. uh, the line, I will go and do in person consultation. But the other ones that, of course, the ones that are virtual, it's okay. Zoom calls or FaceTime or you know, mm-hmm. it's emails, those things. Okay, so yeah, that's interesting, and um, I love hearing about the differences with, like you said, having clients out of town for virtual design and all that. And I'm so excited for you to hear that you are hiring. I think that's amazing. Um, So Laquita, you know, this series is basically for women celebrating us as women in general, but also women, I think are doing amazing things. And I think it's amazing that you also hold down, you know, a full-time career while you're running your firm, you have already had several features and then also just designed the school that you actually work in. So with that said, how do you balance all of this uh, with your family time? Mm-mm-mm. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kelly, I try my best to juggle it all. But the way what works best for me is to keep a schedule. Uh-huh. So okay. this is what I do. I My alarm goes off at 345 a.m. Wow. Yeah. I get up, put on my workout clothes. Then I come sit at the desk at four o'clock. I work on my client projects four to five. Like I've already made a note the night before. I make a list on exactly what I need to do for my clients. Like, do I need to just follow up with them on an email? See what all they've gotten in? Uh, do I need to source some more things for this client? So I make mm-hmm. that list the night before. So when I wake up that morning and come to do my hour work on their, on their project, mm-hmm. I already know what to do. Sometimes it's just following up with the email. But okay. so I will work from four to five on my client project. Then at five o'clock, I immediately stop at five. I've been trying to get back into being healthy, physically mm-hmm. healthy, as well as healthy is on what I eat. Mm-hmm. So five o'clock to six o'clock, I'm working out. I nice. got to have that time to work out. And this is something I've done it, but I'm trying to be consistent with doing okay. this. Uh, and so then once I get through with that, of course, I come in prepare for work and then when I'm at work I'm at work so I'm typically at work from 7 30 until typically about five o'clock and that's my time to be a principal to be a building leader I don't mesh the two with interior design and that except for the building <laughs> of mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as my design business I, tr- I don't mesh the two okay. uh, so if clients re- email me or call me or text me during that time I just let them know that I call you when I get out, you know, when I get off or let's set up a time to talk. And then once I leave home, when I get home, the first thing I do if my husband is here, because it's just my husband and I, my kids are grown. And so we're mm-hmm. empty nesters. Okay. So if he's home from work, we sit down and see how each other has, how our day has been. Mm-hmm. If it's dinner time, we'll go on and eat together. So we do, most times we sit at the table and we eat, we eat together. But we also check in with each other on how your day was, mm-hmm. you need to bend or anything like that. We do that. 
once we do that, and I say that may take about, about an hour. Once we finish that, I come back to my computer and I work on my clients. So it may be like 6.30 to 8, 8.30. At 8, 8.30, I'm done for the day because I need 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes to an hour to kind of decompress. I may read a book. I may just scroll on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just my time to wind down so I can get in the bed by 9, 9.30. And so um, that's just how I, I, I balance it. Sundays are my off days for everything, you know. As much as possible, unless there's some emergency that I have to do. But Sundays are my off days, so I try to stick to that and have that time with my husband for us to just hang out and do some things. Um, mm -hmm. So you know, I, I just I just try to keep that same process. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think once I hire this assistant, it will help even more. But I just have to be consistent with my schedule and mm -hmm. stay true to my schedule. Mm -hmm. And because I'm also in design school now so <laughs> oh my god I have to I, I'm working on my certification at you know New York Institute of Art and Design so I also have to squeeze that in <laughs> I think we talked about that actually now that I, I now that you say that I remember talking about that so I'll have to check in with you soon to see yeah. how all that's going but that is just outstanding and I think again another common theme I'm seeing and hearing is you know, time blocking and maintaining a schedule and it doesn't mm -hmm. always go according to plan. But I think um, I agree with you 100 percent that that is the basis, making a to do list every day or either yep. at the beginning of the week. Check it off like one item after the next. And I feel personally that it's rewarding when you see those check marks and you're like, I did all the things that I was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, it's so productive when I scratch yes. through this thing yes. that I had to do with this checklist. And I do mm -hmm. have an accountability partner that okay. I speak with every Sunday. And so we just kind of talk about what our week should look like, what we got going on with our business. You know, if somebody reached out to us for any type of collaboration or if we need to pitch to somebody like we kind of talk through that for about mm -hmm. an hour typically on Sundays and then it just kind of helps shape how your week is going to go so you can kind of stay focused so that, that that does help as well mm -hmm. that's nice I love accountability partners or peer-to-peer -peer mentors or mm -hmm. you know um, design friends that you can talk to I have a couple that I used to talk to on more on a regular basis for me over the last year adding real estate kind of forced me kind of into a box to operate a little bit more alone in a sense, just mm -hmm. because now I'm juggling both. Um, so, but to your point, I think it's very helpful when you have someone that you can be accountable to and bounce ideas off and all that kind of stuff. So that's amazing. Um, so about the design process, what would you say is um, the part of the process that you either love or don't like the most whichever one you want to share so what I love the most I mean I can do both okay <laughs> but what I love the most is just seeing it all come together at the very end once I'm able to pull the room together and actually hang the artwork up or style it with the coffee table books or other home decor pieces plants bringing the plants but able to really take the vision that my client had and that I had that we put together to create this design plan, but to actually put the whole room together in the end product, I, I, mm -hmm. that's my favorite part. And then when the client comes in and actually 
lays eyes on everything yes. and that they they please with it and you know mm-hmm. it's exactly what they want that's my because I'm always on pins and needles because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I may like something doesn't mean they're gonna like it and so I'm always on pins and needles until they say I like it I like it this yes I love this you know yes, the I, reveal I, I, exactly <laughs> so I'm holding my breath into that part yes, yes. now the part that I don't like um mm-hmm. you would take some of the info you will you have had this discovery call with your clients you do the consultation you're right take all these notes and you are sent out this board to make sure you on you know on board with this mood board that you may have sent in the beginning saying, you know, am I on the right track? And they say, yeah, you're on the right track and may give you some additional feedback. And then you take that information and you start working and crafting out the design plan. And then you send it to them and they like, no, this is not, not what I want. But mm-hmm. originally you said you didn't have any idea what your style was. You don't, you know, you can, you can have it, you know, just go on. I, I love what you do. And then you do that. And then it's like, it- Mm-mm. This not so now you got a vision like they now mm. have a different vision from what we talked about. So it's that uh, constant going back and forth type thing, and I only do up to two revisions. Um, mm. And so, and then, um, so it's it's just that because you know, of course, you already know the sourcing piece mm. is the what takes the most time. It's tedious, uh, it's time consuming, and here in Memphis, we don't have a lot of stores that I would necessarily go into to shop like we have a home okay. goods for you know we have home goods like everybody has home goods and mm-hmm. so what I've been doing on Sundays what I call field trip Sundays where I try to find these hidden gems in Memphis mm-hmm. uh, and go to try to see what they offer so that I will be able to go to a place Mm-hmm. to actually pick some items up that may be different because we don't have a West Am here. We don't have CB2. Oh. We don't have World Market. So the okay. closest one to me, West Am and World Market is in Nashville. It's three hours away. And yeah, oh. I can go there, but I can't go there often. I mean, you know, right. I can't go there all the time. Um, and so what I have planned on doing, actually we were supposed to do the, we just came back off, had spring break last week, mm-hmm. was to go to Chicago and I was going to go ahead and just buy an abundance of accessories just mm-hmm. to have at my fingertip and my disposal to keep here at home so when it is time for me to style, I already have everything that I need versus having to try to go and I like home mm-hmm. goods, don't get me wrong I do, but they don't always have everything that I need or right. the style that I'm looking for, right. uh, so you know, that, that has been difficult as well, but my clients know we only do up to two revisions. Uh, and then, you know, we go okay. from there, but I haven't had anybody outside of those two revisions to have okay. any additional problems. We're pretty much able to go, go on with that, but that just, it just can get tedious and time consuming. Yeah, I can imagine that. And I totally understand that. I definitely agree. I love the reveals. That's my favorite part as well. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's, that sounds like it can be tedious when you have to go back and forth during that whole design process. But to your point, it is a lot of time. And that's why the design process itself takes two to three, four weeks sometimes. So yeah. um, Laquita, before we wrap up, I have one more question. I want to ask you if you have any advice that you would like to give anyone else who is just now getting ready to start their own business or who have just started 
Gotcha. I definitely would say make your schedule out, <laughs> make your to-do list, get you an accountability partner, get you a mentor, and stick to what you say you're going to do. So if you create a schedule, try to work that schedule out at least for two weeks and see if you need to make some type of adjustments. Do your to-do list. Check those off as you go. Have some time that you can just mentally rest. Like Sundays are those days for me. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a moment to themselves, need a day to themselves. You can't just keep working and working, especially me doing two things, two interior design and being a principal. It can get ta- taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to have some time, some downtime. So definitely make sure you take some time out for you, even if that means, okay, I'm blocking out this week and I can't do uh, do take on any more clients or I can't do any work for my clients. Like I let my clients know last week I'm on vacation. So I'm mm-hmm. going to have limited access to my email because I mm-hmm. want to enjoy the beach without feeling strained to respond. Because if somebody emailed me or texts me, you automatically feel like you got to respond. Right. Um, so they, they, you know, I, I was up front and I let them know and they were like, oh yeah, you need your vacation. You need your break. Go ahead. We good. You know, I'm good. Yeah. Whatever. I'll talk to you when we get back. Uh, mm-hmm. So definitely make sure you take the time out for you, but don't give up. Like, again, I know imposter syndrome is real. It mm-hmm. is. We've all been there. We've all had some self-doubt. We've all lacked in confidence in some areas, mm-hmm. but keep the course. Cause if it's your dream, you came up with the idea, this is what you want to do then keep going. You're going to have some stumbling blocks along the way, but keep going. That's where the accountability partners come in. If your mentors, your friends that may be in the same field as you, that's where they come in to help keep you off the ledge. Like Mm -hmm. continue going. Cause I have two of them for as a principal that we have to bend and talk every day. (laughs) I cannot imagine actually. (laughs) Every day, <laughs> we is a group. It's a we got a group text. Just the three of us, <laughs> and I tell you, <laughs> yeah, it's something serious in those uh, text messages. Yeah, the school. We just have to keep each other off the ledge because it, it can be stressful. Yeah, uh, yeah. I enjoy it. I love it, but it can get stressful. It's a lot of demands, and yeah. so. Uh, just trying to do what's best for children and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, just making it all make sense. But yeah, so for new people as entrepreneurs, and I never even thought, and I'm be honest, I never thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur. My husband owns his own company. Mm-hmm. And I see, of course, how hard he worked and all of that. But I also have seen how it is to manage. Well, I know how it is to manage adults because I do it day to day. But your own business and managing adults is a little different. Oh, yeah. Um, different game than, altogether. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm good. Like, yes. I'm good with what I'm doing. I don't know if I want to do this, you know. And then it was just on me to actually seek it out. And when it's on me and I can't rest and it, I keep thinking about it and pondering over it. I was like, you know what? Let me go for it. What, yes. what do I have to lose? And yeah. so I, any entrepreneur starting out or thinking about it, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. You know, don't give up on yourself. Bet on yourself and keep going. Yes. I, 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 I got some stories I can tell you because, I, I mean, back from back in the day, like I'm a teen mom. I was a teen mom. Okay. And to be able to go on to school. And, I mean, I got my PhD and I, I'm a principal. And, you know, like I right. didn't allow being a teenage mom to stop me right uh, in that aspect and so 
I didn't allow it to stop me from being an entrepreneur. So you should not let anything stop you. That's phenomenal. It is. That's a great testimony to share because a lot of times when things happen unplanned or early before we are ready, our life can take a totally different direction and we won't follow our dreams that we started out um, doing. And so um, the one last thought that I wanted to, that just came to my mind, actually a million dollar question. I know this isn't the first time you've been asked this, but for all of us wearing all of these multiple hats, including still a corporate hat, do you plan on retiring early or at some point, do you have a plan to leave, the uh, educational industry and just do your business full time so I have been asked that (laughs) (laughs) someone actually asked me that on Instagram um so before I can retire like if I stay with the district I'm I'm with currently I have a number of years I have a number of years period to be able to retire whether it's by age or it's by years of service okay I have quite a number of years um to go I've just been in education for the past 16 years okay um so I still have a ways to go however what I'm trying to figure out after I when, when it gets to a time that I have to step away from being a principal mm-hmm. I think I want to go into another field in education but something that's a little la- less stressful okay. and taxing on the mind and the body I, I think I want to do that in that some kind of capacity first okay uh, before I completely push it to the side I want to see how that works with my interior design business okay um, if it gets to the point where my interior design business just skyrockets and just plummets and then maybe maybe I can do education <laughs> be a, be a consult mm-hmm. a, you know okay. do a consult type uh business for education because I still love education I hear and that. I really get yes. my in yeah I really get my energy from the children so I'm even trying to figure out how am I gonna function not being with children in the building because if I do mm. something different I won't be in the building with children oh yeah uh, so you know, but I really give, I, I do everything I do for them. What's in the best interest of them. Um, so even it. with the venting to my colleagues, the frustration about certain things and the stress, I know when I see them in the morning, it makes it all better. Aww. So I'm like, how am I going to function without in education? Yes. How am I going to be able to function without that? Them being the heart of the school uh, or heart of my work, even though you still right. have them in your mind doing other stuff. But it's different of seeing course. them every day. I would you know? think. Uh, yeah, but it's going to get to a point. That's why I'm hiring assistants. Yes, now. I hear. Cause... And that's the thing. The growth <laughs> growth is certain. Like, if you yes. keep doing what you're doing and doing the work, then you're going to be growing because you have planted the seeds, right? And so yeah. putting in the work, you're watering those seeds. So yeah. I, d- I really do respect and, and appreciate, though, that you are vested in what you do. And I feel like when I hear that, that means you're walking in your calling and your purpose. So therefore, it's not like you're just punching a clock. Like, I can't wait to get off work today to go to go do something I really care about you actually love and care about both industries and I think it's amazing so like someone once told me it shouldn't be any pressure to quit your profession right just because you started a business so I just want to cheer you on and um, just let you know that I'm proud to know you happy to see you growing and 
all the things that you're doing. I love how we connected in our DMs because that's how a lot of my relationships (laughs) have started. Um, And it's so great to bring those conversations to life. Whether we talked on the phone, I think we actually talked on the phone before. We did. Because mm-hmm. I discovered your phone number already in my contacts, by the way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's why um, I was like, I thought she had my number. But yes, okay. <laughs> I do. And I did. I'm sorry. Because it's like, no, that's okay. Yeah, it's such a formality, though, preparing, you know, to have that information. So, but I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, she's in my contacts. And it's so funny <laughs> because, you know, being friendly is not just for pretend on Instagram is how I am in real life. And it's mm-hmm. nice and refreshing mm-hmm. when I meet people like you and others who are the same exact way. So Laquita, I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy day um, to come on here and, and talk with me and share with others. And thank you for the great advice that you um, offered everyone who's thinking about starting out. Yes, thank you so much, Kelly. You know, I love and adore you. I, <laughs> I too you. am glad that we connected. Like, it's always have been so easy. Even when we were just in DMs, I can mm-hmm. ask you a question, you respond. Like, it's never been any any type of what thing with us. Or in, written, a lot of ones I have met that are connected with mm-hmm. on this type of level that me and you have connected, yes. Alvin and some others. Yes. It's not, I don't know, I'm going to hold this information for myself. Right. It's never that. Like, I think I reached out to you early on asking about school, about mm-hmm. schooling. So do you know of a good uh, program that I could go to for get my certification? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we t- I think that's how we initially started. And then you were just helpful and you sent me a couple of things you like check this out try this out I haven't done this but somebody else I know I heard about this or mm-hmm. try this you know like you want to see me be successful in the business yes. and I want to see you successful so we champion around each other and support each other and encourage each other because mm-hmm. we wear so many hats like you said and we need those people to support us yes. to, you know to encourage us to keep us in it to move forward you know so i'm excited about your growth as well your success and then your upcoming nuptials i'm so (laughs) looking forward to seeing all those pictures (laughs) thank you your fiance i hate that i won't see you in market but i'm definitely going uh we will meet probably in the fall if you go in the fall uh meet up there or if i come to philly i can come and visit yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely market is still on the radar surprisingly now because i actually Ah. changed my wedding date um so since you and i talked about that i changed my wedding date which is now six weeks later into the summer so i'm trying to figure out (laughs) how i can speak the market and make it make sense yes it would be amazing to actually meet and hug because i'm a hugger yes me too i'm like listen we gotta have a covet hug like i don't know but (laughs) that's why people like do you hug i'm like i'm fully vaccinated (laughs) they're like oh me too we hugging and going (laughs) yeah it's at that point you can't help it now it's been too long not hugging i know i know honey yes i'm looking forward to hugging you hanging out with you i hope you can make it and so i know we'll message each other in our dms and texts to just kind of see where we're going so please keep me posted i'm going for sure I gotta go by myself. I'm going. Absolutely. (laughs) Same here. Um, That's the energy I had back during during COVID, like in the fall. And 
I'm thinking at this time it will be a little bit more people there. But yeah, I'll yeah. be in touch with you for sure. Okay. Um, but I I could talk to you all night. So I'm not going to keep you on here. <laughs> we got to go eat. We yes, got to go. <laughs> we have not eaten dinner yet, America. <laughs> so, <laughs> but thank you. This has been so great. And I will be talking to you very soon. Okay, great. Thanks, Kelly. I'll talk with you soon. Okay, thank all you. Right, bye-bye. Thank one. you. Good you night. too. Bye-bye. Good night.